Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Sun, coming to you live from Tower Studios. I'm JT, and as always, I'll be your tour guide as we explore the unexplained. Well, folks, uh, I'm back. It's been a while, I know. I do appreciate everyone who has taken the time to reach out and make sure I'm okay. And in particular, John in Western Australia. Thank you, John, for just checking up on me several times and making sure I'm okay. Folks, I fully admit it, I always try and be honest and be an open book when it comes to the way I'm feeling, my thoughts and everything else. And yeah, I really have been struggling the last month or so. Mentally, I've struggled to get out of first gear, and I can't speak for anyone else in this world. I don't know what it's like for each and every one of you. I think a lot of it is just having time on my hands, not working, not having that rat race. And so it can be a struggle at times to just put one foot in front of the other and get motivated. But I am feeling better. Um, one thing that has been difficult has been editing this episode you're going to hear tonight because the guest is no longer with us. She has unfortunately passed away. And although I just had a short, brief interaction with Susie, she was just a kindred soul. It was someone that I really enjoyed talking with. We talked for five hours, folks. Very few of the guests that I have on can outlast me as far as just having time on their hands, vocally, everything else. And by the time we finished those five hours, both of our voices were shot, but it was astounding. Had a really great talk. And so I've got two kind of two-hour episodes for you when we edit out all the fluff and everything else. I am really saddened to have heard that Susie passed away earlier this year. Um, it was around the same time as Vi was in hospital. Vi got out of hospital, and then I was clearing my emails, and I found out that, unfortunately, Susie had passed away. So uh, a great loss, definitely. And, yeah, I guess it's one of those quality over quantity type things. It's someone I didn't know very long. And, look, the plan was definitely to have Susie back many more times. She was just an amazing guest, really infectious, had a lot of fun doing the recording, and I'm sure that you will see that as you listen. It was something else. I mean, we talked about everything from UFOs and synchronicities to our shared love of Art Bell and really getting into a lot of these things through Coast to Coast AM. Uh, Susie hanging out kind of in that area of Area 51 at the time, believe it or not. Uh, astrology, the state of the world, um, the ideal life path that uh, each of us has, um, life's lessons, uh, hard work, losing loved ones, and pets, and particularly pet mediumship, and much, much more. I mean, it was a comprehensive discussion. It was one of the best conversations I've had in a long time. Now, also, as I went through and I edited this, it just reminded me of a few things. One of them is that I'm very, very fortunate to have so many people out there who have taken the time to check up on me and care and take the time to listen. So Trey in Oregon, Trey, our chapter president, you know, thanks for checking up on me. Adriana and Nico in Texas, thanks for checking up on me. Nate in Pennsylvania, thanks for checking up on me, Nate Odd. All of you and everyone else who did. And even if I was just in your thoughts, hey, look, I do appreciate it. Life isn't always easy, and I'm the first to admit I'm just probably more public with a lot of what I kind of go through on a day-to-day -day basis than many other people. 
And it's just to me, I want other people to know it's okay to not be okay if that makes sense. It's okay if you have a bad day, if you just mentally kind of all over the show, everything else. I mean, this is our human condition. This is the journey of life that we all go through. And that's the tagline from The Fortunate Son. And that's why I really started doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it just reminded me of some of the great things that I've done, some of the great guests I've had. And of course, each and every one of you in the 90 plus countries now around the world who have taken the time to listen to me and my humble little podcast down here in the corner of the world. It does mean so much to me. Trust me, folks, um, I know you can't know what goes on in my head, but I am harder on myself than anyone else can be. And when I start feeling like I haven't been getting shows out, I haven't been getting research done and everything else, it, it really weighs heavily on me because it's something I enjoy. It's something I want to do. I want to do the best for you. I want to put the best foot forward. And so when I'm not and when I'm not getting things done, it does heavily weigh on me. No different than if you feel like you're just screwing up at work and you're just not delivering on what you should be in our working career. I think most of you can can uh, relate to. I mean, I think most of us can relate to that when we've screwed something up in a project or just not getting things done the way we should sometimes. That's how I really feel. Uh, I do. I look at this project, The Paranormal Sun, not as a chore. So when I say work, I don't mean like a chore. I mean like my life's work, like Picasso and his artwork or Van Gogh or uh, Robert Burns and his poetry. Anyone. I mean, look, I, I do take it very seriously. One of the things that I have listened to in recent days was I listened to some stuff on stoicism and basically the idea that don't look at death as this far off thing that's going to happen far down the road. Think of it that there's part of it in every day and every minute that has passed, we don't get back. And so that's helped me as well to just say, hey, you know, let's get out there and start getting this stuff done. Let's get this show edited and, and up and let's get another News of the Damned edited and up and let's get to work on the Betty and Barney Hill stuff. And I am going to do my best to fit it all in under the umbrella. It's also tax season down here, so I'm going to have to do the taxes for the program. And then I got to try and find that ever elusive job, you know, got to go out there and uh, yeah, try and pay the bills. No Ukrainian or Russian or or American or British or Finnish or Norwegian <laughs> oligarchs have come out to uh, to pay the bills. So looks like I need to. And, and that's fine. I always knew it was going to happen. And of course, I'll keep you posted. But yeah, folks, I just wanted to give you a real brief run up as to where I've been at and what's going on. So, yeah, I'm all right. Look, I'm I'm getting there. It's just like anything. It's one of those things. It's a bit of a work in progress, but I'm here now. Uh, I've got this episode out. I've got to edit part two and get it out. And in between, I'll probably do a News of the Damned, and then we'll go from there. So I'm not going to overcomplicate things right now. We're going to do one thing at a time. So with this being about a two-hour chunk of our interview, I'm not going to have a News of the Damn segment or anything else. But again, I just want to tell each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart, look, thank you. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who took the time to reach out. Each and every one of you who thinks about me uh, in your thoughts and, and prayers or whatever you may have. I mean, look, it's, it's just life. I mean, 
we all some things we all find easier some things we all find more difficult and uh yeah uh, it's just one of those things i am very grateful that i get to do this i'm very grateful that i get to produce these programs and record these programs with excellent guests and get them out there also in this program you would have heard me talk quite a bit about my mom st patrick's day is always a hard time because i always miss my mom i did have an excellent meal for st patrick's day i uh had white pudding here in New Zealand, white pudding, bacon, sausages, uh, fried, uh, uh, let's see, bacon, eggs, fried potatoes, and mom's uh, cast iron skillet that I had of hers, which was kind of like her being here, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, that that was really good. And for those of you that don't know what white pudding is, it's like a stuffed sausage in a casing. It's like black pudding, but it has no blood. So it's a Scottish and Irish thing. It's got oats and, and meat and seasonings in it. It's very good. It's nice and crispy. It's it's a bit different. It's kind of like your old crispy sausage patty in the U.S. I'm sure you know what I mean. It's it's just got that crispiness to it. It's just another texture to make there in your in your lovely plate of food. So yeah, folks. Uh, aside from that, like I say, thanks each and every one of you, and you'll hear from me more. I'll be doing some more. I'll be trying to get as much of this stuff out there as I can. I've got some plenty more uh, interviews to get edited. And I've got some old guests that I still want to go back and re-interview, spend some more time with, because the uh, one of the tenets of Stoicism is something you've heard me espouse here on this program many, many times, which is the most precious thing that we have is our time. And you take your time to listen to the program, and yeah, so I I want to get out there and talk to some of these people, because you never know, tomorrow could be the the end of it all for me, I mean, for any of us. And I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just saying, do the best you can on a day-to-day. Everything you do, do it like it's the last thing you're going to do. And uh, that's part of the reason why, like I say, I wanted to do The Paranormal Sun. I want to leave something beyond when I pass away, when it's my time to go. We never know when it's going to happen. I mean, I could be hit by a meteor tomorrow. I could be scooped up by a UFO and uh, taken off world. I could be sucked into an interdimensional portal. You just never know what's going to happen, okay? So the bottom line is, yeah, um, life is for the living, and get out there and do it while you can. So sorry for my kind of rambling rant there, my friends, but um, honestly, I appreciate each and every one of you who take the time to listen. And uh, I will read you Susie's bio here really briefly. And uh, the biggest regret I have about this episode is that I couldn't say to Susie, hey, look, I've, I've got this episode edited and up and go and check it out and see what you think. But I will tell you what, when I went through and listened to this, uh, it just reminded me why I enjoy what I do so much. And also uh, one last shout out before I forget to Scott from the old 77. Scott, I mentioned you quite a bit in this episode and just the faith and um, the help that you've given me with my journey. And I did mean every word, and I do appreciate it. So, Susie's bio. So, Susie Kerr-Wright was, unfortunately, no longer is, an astrologer, psychic medium, tarot reader, Reiki master teacher, and certified life coach. Originally from Boston, Massachusetts, she was living in Nashville with her lovely husband. This Scorpio is a natural-born psychic. Susie has been proving stellar readings to clients for over three decades giving thoughtful, honest insight and a slice of charm and dash of cosmic common sense to sweeten your consultation. 
And like I say, um, my only regret about all of this is that I won't be able to have Susie back for a return visit. But folks, this was an excellent interview. I really enjoyed myself, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And uh, like I say, this is definitely dedicated to Susie Kerr-Wright, and I hope that wherever she is, she's finally got the answers to all of life's mysteries that we all find so fascinating. Take care, my friends. Uh, much love from JT and Tower Studios, and I will talk to you soon. The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Paranormal Sun are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint or the position of JT, the Paranormal Sun, or Tower Studios New Zealand. Thank you, Susie, for taking the time to come on the Paranormal Sun with me. And this is a conversation I've really been looking forward to. And why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from, what fields you're into, and just a little bit about Susie. All right. Th well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. This is I'm I'm excited too. It's just I, I'm, it's going to be a fun conversation. You are you are you are my um, podcast spirit animal. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, and, <laughs> um, my my name is Susie Kerr Wright, and I'm an astrologer. I'm a psychic medium. I read tarot. I am an energy worker. I'm a Reiki master. Um, you know, uh, a life coach. I have a whole bunch of tools in my toolbox that I use, and I've been doing a lot of these things for, a, a you know, most of my life. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm very passionate about all of them. You know, it was kind of a, a lot of these things were were hobbies for me for a really long time. You know, I thought like someday when I retire from whatever job I have, when, when I retire from being a rock star, that's what I wanted to be. So um, then, you know, I'll you know, sit around and read charts for people. And literally about 14 years ago, I said, enough. Like, why am I not doing what I'm put on this earth to do, you right. know? Right. And and so I went full-time into it, and I, I've never looked back. I love sharing about this stuff. I love helping people have that light come on in people when they learn about this stuff. I teach a lot of it. And it's just it's just been my passion, my joy, and every, everything I do. So... Love all things paranormal and anything to do with things that we can't see. I love. <laughs> well, that's it, to me. It's what makes life living. I mean, those those uh, anyone can wonder what does Paris like or something like that. But it's the kind of things that we 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 don't have an easy answer to that I've always been fascinated by. So I, I fully agree with that. There's so many things out there in this world and the universe that it's like like I say. I guess a part of it might just be the old codger in me now, but um, I, I'd love to see sometimes when science is proven dead wrong. I tell you, it, what drives me crazy is that there is so much evidence out there to support all this stuff, everything. Like, And I just keep going like, how many more pictures of ghosts do we need to prove that ghosts are here? How many more conversations do you have to have with your dead grandmother before you actually believe that mediumship exists and is real? You know, it's like, how many more UFOs do we have to see before we, we just accept it? And it just, because I've, because you and I have both been immersed in this for so long, it's just almost unfathomable how somebody couldn't believe in these things. It's, it's just... I don't know. To me, I'm just always kind of floored. But I mean, there's just there's just so many people out there, and, and you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of people out there that just can't handle that concept for whatever reason. So you know, in all fairness, some of it is that. But 
it's just, you know, even the people that are curious that or that are that are dabbling in it, they're like, oh no, you know, it's just not enough proof. It's like, oh please. <laughs> you, know? you haven't been looking at all if you think there's no proof. You know? I, I think for some of them, of course, you've got that crack in the dam scenario where, well, if I admit this is even possible then what about that and what about that and it's kind of like the, the the head explodes with some people and I, I again like i've said on the program so many times i never try to come across as elitist or condescending of people and i'll say to them sometimes i just forget how long i've been interested in these things and, and how many hundreds of different people i've heard on some of these subjects and I'll say to them, look, there, there was a time in my life where I was very much that kind of nine to five person. I just worked my job. As, as we know, you hear the kind of throwaway lines like Johnny six pack, you know, Johnny six pack, go to work, come home, drink some beer and watch mm -hmm. the baseball game. And so what I say to people and I, like I, said, I just always say it on the program because I don't ever want anyone who listens to think that I've got all the answers. Good Lord. Um, I say it all the time. The older I get, the less I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm, I, as I was saying that, I was thinking to myself, and, but then there's all these other things that I just heard about that I don't know if yeah. it's, you know, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's endless. It's, it's endless. This universe is endless. And I'll tell you something, you know, many, many years ago when I was heavy, heavy into the UFO, I don't know, scene or whatever you want, I don't even know what you call it, when I was really, uh, learning a lot about it um i was exposed to some things you know a lot of like bob lazar stuff right. and um you know i lived in vegas so i was back and forth to area 51 all the time and um you know i saw a lot of things that were just flat crazy and i saw a lot of things that were just flat like wow you know i never knew that existed and and i heard things and and there was something at one point that i did hear that completely it was it was life altering, I guess you could say, because it had to do with some of the theories, and and I'll just call them theories because yeah. we don't know if they're really true about us being the the containers for the souls of you know these alien beings and things like that. And I was still very you know steeped in a in in my own form, I guess you could say, of religious belief, and it and it it devastated me. I mean, I, I kind of walked around in a fog for like a couple of weeks going, my life will never be the same. So I, I completely understand when somebody is faced with something that is beyond their comprehension, how, how devastating it can be yeah. because it, that stuff really blew my mind. And then I had to come to terms with, okay, well, suppose this is my reality. Well, then, you know, how do I want to move forward with that knowledge? And, and if it's not my reality, well, then, no, I still need to move forward with that knowledge, you know? And so, yeah, but the, the, I will never forget the way I felt about, it. we were kind of privy to some, some things beyond that that were pretty, um, pretty frightening, pretty frightening. But a lot of it now, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I knew about that. Oh yeah, I knew about that. You know, the stuff exactly. that's coming out now. And that's part of the, the reason why on the program, when I say it, I, I've said it many times and I always tell the listeners, I've got hundreds of topics in backlog and, and I'm not kidding. I've got a Trello board and I literally just fill in a file card every time something comes to mind or I hear about something new and, and not to sound smug, but rarely do I, especially with ufo cases unless it's a newer case uh, the older cases in general i don't hear of a lot of new ones that i've just completely never heard of yeah i mean like you say there's just so many different angles to the puzzle it's funny that you mentioned exactly what you did because i, I know exactly who you're talking about at least i i think i'm right 
And the whole thing mm-hmm. with the containers and that would have been John Lear. And I always exactly yeah, yes. <laughs> John John Lear. He always interested me, and the reason I say that is you'd hear some of the stuff he'd say, and you'd go, this guy is like that crazy. <laughs> and then on the other hand, you'd hear some of the things he'd say. But what's ironic, you, you can't see my notes. I've just got a piece of paper here on the right, and I've got notes. And Susie, about halfway down the page, I've got written and underlined synchronicities. What's interesting is that ever since I had uh, Timmy from Ace of Cups readings on the program, and we started talking about... Uh, a lot of these things, I started noticing more and more synchronicities going on in my life. And there have been a yes. few around you uh, ahead of this. And one of those was that probably three or four days ago, oftentimes when I'm out here in the studio and I'm doing busy work, I'll be listening to something in the background. And I was listening to an old conversation with John Lear, and uh, I can't remember if it was Art or uh, George. But anyway, the, the, the question came up because... As, I've got my own feelings on it. I'm sure you do, and a lot of other people do. But often the question is asked, well, what does the government gain by keeping things like this quiet? And John Lear said, well, he said, I don't know this for sure. This is pure supposition. But he said, what if for some reason, the whatever these entities are, maybe some of them are in another dimension or there's something like that. And maybe the more people believe in them, the easier it is for them to get here. And maybe if the government disclosed that they're real, they would be able to just basically waltz on through. You see, even that, I thought, that's a different twist on one of the theories I'd heard. But I thought, even this, you know, I'm hearing this probably 15 years after he said it or more. And I'm just thinking, see, I I hadn't heard exactly that wrinkle of it. So, Mm. uh, yeah, I, I, I find it fascinating. And like I say, I've stopped counting, but I very much pay attention to these synchronicities. Another one is that uh, last night, as a lot of us, I've got a playlist of different songs. I was listening to a Warren Zevon song, and sure enough, song comes on, and um, uh, you've heard Excitable Boy, of course? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you know, there's the line in there about he took Susie to the junior prom. And I was just <laughs> laughing because I thought, well, tomorrow I'm going to have a conversation with Susie. And and yes, I, I get what so many people say, oh, well, it could it's all 100% coincidences, but me personally, nah. yeah, I, I'll tell you some of the things that have happened in the last kind of six months, especially one of them I've, I've mentioned before. So Lionel Fanthorpe, who I had on, like I say, he's very famous in the UK, but he's not overly well known in the US and here in New Zealand. I mean, he's, he's older generation. He's 86 now. And so he's not, he's not kind of the, uh, I, I can't think of the guy, but He's not like the the guy from Ghost Hunters or some of these other shows. He's not on every program all the time, is what I'm saying. He's not mm-hmm. he's not like Giorgio Sukulos. He's not out there all the time. Well, I was out here in the studio and being a night owl, I was I was out here doing things, and I walked in the kitchen and I turned I went in the in the living room. I turned on the TV. It was about seven in the morning, and I turned on the TV to warm up. I went in the kitchen and I was uh, making a cup of coffee, and I heard this voice, and I said, "Hang on, that's Lionel." And I walked in there, and sure enough, Susie, I turned it on, and I'd left it on the History Channel, and here's Lionel talking about um, exorcisms. And then I thought, well, okay, well, no no big deal. I'm, it, it'll be a program that's repeating. So I, I went to the little planner, and 
this program hadn't been on for the month before, and it isn't going to be on in the next month because that's all the planner shows. <laughs> and on top of it, the program was either an hour or two hours. And I thought, again, it'll be they'll be talking to Lionel. No, Lionel had like a little two-minute segment in this whole program, and I just wow. happened to turn it on. Yeah. I, I happen to Isn't turn that awesome? That, I love that. Oh. I live for those moments. Yeah. You know, we should all be having those all the time. Well, no, there's no should, but, you know, it, 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 perfect world that, that would happen all the time for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, and you're really in, in tune with a lot of the undercurrents, you know, just... I won't. I won't divulge anything about your chart, but, but just the no, fact no, that you, you know, there's all kinds of signatures in in your personal chart that indicate like this fascination and this desire to dig deep and experience, um, you know, and uncover sort of the um, these you know otherworldly experiences and and the the, the depths of uh, what all that is possible. That this signatures in your chart that that rule that, and it's like, it's it's pretty cool, you know. It's no accident that you're doing what you're doing and connecting with the people that you're connecting with, you know, and this, and, I, and I'll tell you, you know, with the, with the stuff that's been going on in, in the last few years with the, uh, the, the transits that we've been having, meaning where the planets are in the sky and how the, what configurations they're in, we have all like this whole last year, it was about with, with everything stripped away from us, all the distractions, there was a deeper spiritual thing that was happening. I noticed I was connecting with groups of people, like just on Facebook Live, just kind of stay in touch with people during the, the lockdown. And I noticed things that people were syncing up with the moon cycles like yeah. they never had before, yeah. you know? And I, and I was kind of doing my own little like social experiments inside these groups, you know, trying to like, so how's everybody doing today? What's going on? You know, and kind of mentally logging these things. And it was just, and what was really happening was we were becoming authentically ourselves. We were becoming more, more authentically human and more authentically who we were here to be. And that's why so many people have made these dramatic changes coming out of all this in their lives it's like it, this is this has been a really crazy not so good but for for humans for just humans <laughs> it's, it's it's been just mind-blowing like very it, there's an enlightenment going on there's a an awakening and i don't mean woke i mean like yeah, an awakening yeah. and it's it's fascinating to me it's almost like i it's like i feel you know i, I feel like i was just like i'm i'm here just i'm, I'm so grateful to be here for I this agree. time just the right time you know right? yeah yeah and it seems like all the things that i've learned about and, and experienced throughout my life and paranormal like i said i mean i'm a scorpio i grew up in this stuff like i was the weird kid that you're talking about ouija boards <laughs> like you know my generation was the one that, that brought the ouija boards out i mean it's i know your fault other it's yeah the 60s you know parker brothers came out with ouija boards <laughs> and we were playing with them like crazy and um and so it's like i grew up with that and when my friends got bored with them and put them in their closets i was still like come on let's have a seance and uh and and so I, I never left that realm. You know? right. So um, this time is so, it's so magical. It's, it's frustrating and it's, and it, it's all these things, but at the core of it, it's, I don't know who's, who's driving the bus or what's really happening here, but, but we have an opportunity as, as humans to really be, <laughs> to use the, the army, you know, be all we can be, yeah. um, to, but to really step into the divinity of who we are, not to sound all woo woo, but you know, cause I don't do woo woo. Um, but it's like, you know, we're spiritual beings having human experience and this is where we get to blend both your choice. First it's pretty off, cool. 
Oh, yeah. No, no, de- definitely. I, look, I fully agree. And for, first off, Susie, feel free to share anything about my chart. I, look, I'm everyone's different, and I do appreciate you. Um, uh, sincerely, I do appreciate it. But I am I am that person that's like 99% an open book. There's very little I don't share. I mean, I've shared some of uh, the issues that I've had in life with uh, depression and anxiety and everything else on the air. As part of the reason I started this journey, the podcast journey, was I started out doing a program, and it's still out there. It's just basically, I always say it's on permanent hiatus, and it was called The Fortunate Son. Very early on, Mm -hmm. I worked out, I've kind of got these two streams. I've got one stream, which is basically about the journey of life, human condition, and everything that that encompasses. And then I've got this other thing that I love and I'm really interested in, which is the paranormal, the unexplained. And those first couple episodes, like you were saying, that you had listened to, that was actually, I I think I recorded those on The Fortunate Son to say, hey, look, this is the other side of things. And Mm. then I just worked out very quickly, this is too big to try and wedge it in with everything else so i just broke it off and and made a completely different program what see like like you were saying uh, look i fully agree and uh, even a couple of years ago if you would have told me i'd be doing this i'd say yeah you're nuts it's not that i don't enjoy it but when i first started doing it i thought well i guess it's imposter syndrome and i thought who's really going to want to listen but the thing is just as i started doing it and and like you're saying when when people would start saying that we start finding we we've been finding the things that we're actually put on this earth to do what we're actually meant to do Mm -hmm. i mean if i had a funding tomorrow if if i had uh, powerball or, or some donor came along and said look i just want you to do this I've got no doubt. This is what I want to do. Um, no, no doubt at all. And it's with me anyway. I've always been very leery about doing my passion for employment because I, I did that with cooking and it almost ruined the enjoyment I had. But with this, it's different. Yeah, I feel pressure, but it's the pressure I put on myself to put out good content for the listener. I don't feel pressured per se to get X amount of downloads or to be on certain programs. All I'm pressured is is that I want, like you were saying, be the best we can be. I want to represent, I want the subjects that I cover to get the the fair hearing that they should. I don't want to cram something. I don't yeah. want to take something like um, reincarnation or astrology and cram it into 15 minutes and go, there, now you know all about it. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> You barely scratched the surface. That's why I I say it often. I always say, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And I realize not everyone wants to listen to a two or three hour podcast or a four part, two hour podcast on different things. But the ones who do, um, that's the reason I do it, because that's what I want. I want that deep dive. And somebody said to me, oh, you should break your program up into half hour chunks. And I go, no. Well, they'll go, yeah, but you can stretch. I don't want to stretch it out. Uh, there's so much yeah. I want to get to. It's like, no. And uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, there's so many subjects. I don't want to stretch. I don't want to do a 10 part series on astrology. I want I want to I, I want to get it out there. And the other thing because they'll say, oh, well, most people listen in a half hour segment as they commute. And I tell them, yeah, that's great. So they can listen to me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All right. Like, <laughs> yeah. If they enjoy what you're doing, they'll listen. It doesn't matter. They might not Absolutely. be able to do it in one sitting. Yeah. Haven't you ever heard of audiobooks? You know, it's like. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. I just listened to like 10 and a half hour one. I didn't, I had no idea it was that long. It just kept going on and on. It was a long, long drive I did to Florida yeah. and uh, from Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, oh, that was good. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the whole trip. Well, but, 
Well, a lot of that comes back to that art and coast to coast and not having that fear of you must push it into what is uh, mainstream or you, you must package it as one hour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I love so much about art. He just yeah. let people talk and he never, it was like, he didn't judge. He wouldn't put up with crap, but he also didn't judge. Yeah. And it, and it was so like refreshing because really, up until, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm not aware of other shows that were on, but to me, up until the time I heard him, any time that sort of ta- those sort of topics were on the radio, they were ridiculed, you yeah. know? No, I mean, I everything, you know, I tell people all the time, it's like one of the reasons I love to teach and do the things that I do is because when I was growing up and, and studying this stuff and passionate about it, on fire about it, there were no teachers. There wasn't a metaphysical store on every corner. You couldn't go online and look stuff up. There wasn't online. Yeah. And um, sorry, that's how old I am. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, hey. but it's like, I remember when there wasn't online. So you, yeah. yeah. And and so the thing about it is it's like and that and, and for a long time I just thought, well, everybody has access to this now. But what I'm realizing is everybody has access to a lot of junk. Yeah. And so yeah. so I kind of feel like, okay, there is a place for me to be out there educating and enlightening people to their own truth, to their own like intuitive and psychic abilities and all that. And one of the, that's one of the things I loved about remote viewing. I mean, her her first on Art Bell, this remote viewing thing. It's like anyone can do that. And the more I, the more I explored all this stuff, the more I realized anyone can do any of this. It doesn't mean that it, the the way I look at like the the abilities people have is as far as being intuitive. We're all born into this world with sixth sense, you know, that that's the sixth senses or whatever, right? Right. And or what we used to call sixth senses, I mean, we call them a million things now, intuitive abilities. Um, not, it, it's kind of like everybody can sing happy birthday, but not everybody is going to be like American Idol level yeah. birthday singers. It's so everybody's going to experience their own beingness or whatever intuitive abilities in different ways. And, but, but the thing about it is because so many people are, having the, this flood of experiences and this awakening, it's like, even though all of that information is still out there, again, the fact that there's misinformation all over the place or weird information or misleading, I guess you could say, um, and and the fact that there's so many people waking, waking up and, and looking for these things, people like they still don't, not everybody knows where to go. Not everybody right. knows where to go to find out why they're suddenly having these experiences. And so, you know, I kind of take for granted, I, th- I think I give give uh, humans a lot more credit <laughs> maybe than, you know, and, and I don't mean that in a de- derogatory way no, at all. No, I just mean, I you know, I just assume everybody's going to go on the internet and go, oh, I had premonition. You know, some people don't even know what a premonition is still. I've, you and I have been around it so long. We know all this language. We know all these things. And, and there are still millions and millions of people out there that don't understand their own experiences and 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 so i really amped up over the last few years this this outreach that i want to do to get people be like this light where people can come and go hey what's going on here and i can say this is what's happening let me help you figure it out well it's, it, look it's 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 funny you say that and the reason that i say that is look it's that's very much the same conclusions that i'd come to which was like I said, around a lot of these cases or things that I would cover, I thought, well, everybody knows about this. But like you say, Susie, they, they, they don't. And it's not a mm-hmm. bad thing. It's just I sometimes no. I forget what, what I've learned and kind of the things I've been exposed to. 
And this is what I, I've said it a few times on the show, but I, I've said to people, look, everyone and their dog has done Roswell. Everyone's done Kecksburg. What I want to do is, yes, I will get around to doing those, but all it's going to be is another hash of a case everyone knows about. The ones mm -hmm. I want to talk about are things like the Val Johnson incident, which I just covered not too long ago, where a sheriff's deputy got his car got hit by something, and he lost like 40 minutes of time, and he blacked out. The car was damaged, and the car's still there. I mean, 40 wow. years later, yeah, there's the evidence the car was struck by something. The guys from Ford couldn't explain how the windshield was damaged the way it was. The guys from Honeywell Labs couldn't explain what went on. And so, yeah, a lot of those kind of what, what I'll call tier two, it's not that they're not well, it's not that they're not good evidence. It's just they're not so well known. And then what right. I always try to do is I also try and mix in some that are famous, but again, a lot of especially younger people haven't heard of, like, I know you'll know this one, Lonnie Zamora, you know, the Lonnie Zamora case. So so I try and mix a lot of these in. But yeah, yeah I'm really surprised how few people actually know some of these. And people that yeah. that I talk to and know a lot about UFOs, um, I the, the last program I just did about was about the ghost rockets in Scandinavia in 1946. And I'm not sure if you've if, if you've heard of that case. I have not. Yeah. Yes. Tell me. So and, and <laughs> well, I'll just, listen to your show. And, oh, well, <laughs> well, just after World War II, so uh, not even a year after the end of hostilities, and all of a sudden in Scandinavia, starting in Sweden, but then also in Denmark, Norway, and Finland, people started saying they saw these ghost rockets or ghost bombs or ghost missiles. And basically what they described was, just like you would see a cruise missile flying through the sky, but it, they didn't make noise, uh, they would crash, and then they would go to go and check it out, and there would be nothing there. It's like they disintegrated. And of course, being 1946, everybody ran and said, well, it's the Russians. But as you go and look through the archives and everything else, it's like the Russians, yeah, they did have some leftover stuff from the Germans from World War II. But number one, they didn't have the amount that, because it was like 2,000 sightings of these over like a two or three year period. Wow. Um, yeah. I can't believe I can order this. Yeah. And, and hmm. number two, these things did things like they would they would go one direction and then stop and do a 90 degree turn and go the other way. Well, <laughs> yeah. Can, can you imagine a V1 or a V2 doing this? You know, it's like, yeah, come on. And wow. the other thing that was fascinating is as time went on, they started seeing these in Belgium, in Portugal, in Greece, in Italy. Yeah, it, it's one of those that I'd, I'd always, and, and as I always say to the listeners, I learn as much when I do these as as they do because I'll always go into a case thinking, well, I don't so much now because I've just learned, but but I'll say, oh, I know 95% of what happened, and it's basically going to be me finding the right narrative to tell you what I, but I'll tell you what, Susie, every time I learned like, like this, I had no idea they had these ghost rocket sightings in Greece. They had them in Portugal. I also had no idea that later on the, the, the guy who was one of the scientists who was in this, um, it, it was kind of like a Swedish version of Blue Book or one of the other um, investigative things about these ghost rockets. And he came out and he said, he goes, look, everyone in the committee, including the committee chairman, knew that these weren't Russian and they knew that they were interplanetary. Everyone knew. But like I say, People hear this and, nah, he didn't say that. It's like, yes, he did. He's on record, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, 
I, I, I guess because of the, yeah, I guess because things like this to me, I'm very much I don't need it proven myself. And then when you do have things like this happen, and then people say, "Oh yeah, but but there's no proof." It's like there's proof all around. It's just what do you want to see? What do you want? Do you want right? Do you, yeah. Do you want eyewitness testimonies? We've got it. Do you want documents from government agencies? We've got it. We don't have an as photographs. We've yeah. got it. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? We got it. Yeah. Yeah. J- just because um, <laughs> in stock and on sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it just confounds me that. And again, I get what Seth Shostak always says. And Carl Sagan used to say extraordinary claims demand extraordinary evidence. And Seth Shostak always mm-hmm. says, show me a cigarette lighter or an ashtray from a UFO. <laughs> short, short of that, short of that, we've got it. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's so interesting, too, because I haven't started. I, I just kind of dipped into this aspect of things. But um, a couple of years ago, I, I went, uh, I go to a lot of the astrology conventions and stuff. Right. And a woman named Lynn Coiner did a workshop on Septiles, which is an aspect, it's like it's some weird, like we, we use the the major aspects in astrology. It's like the opposition, the conjunction, which is like right. two planets together. Opposition, the trine is like 120 degree angles and 90 degree angle square, whatever. And there's one called a septile, and it's 51.4 degrees between the planets. And she did this whole thing on uh, paranormal and UFO sightings and things like that happening mostly mostly the, the talk had to do with like ghosts people seeing ghosts or things like that when they have a lot of septiles in their chart but also she spread it out to these things kind of happen on a bigger scale when these septiles are like in the sky kind of thing right, right. and so between certain planets and so I, you know I, I haven't really done a lot of research on this or anything but the the moon phases can exacerbate I, I i'm sorry i'm like stumbling all over the place because no, i'm no, like no, excited no. about doing this research now i wish i wished i thought to do this before we did the show but it's just it this is new to me the idea that during the during certain moon cycles there is more ufo activity more occult activity more paranormal activity during the different phases of the moon and different types during the different phases of the moon and so i would love to go back and just just have a list of the dates of a lot of these events and see what was what was going on in the in the moon cycles and see where maybe these septiles kind of played out in that too It'd be interesting to see if they have a if, if there's uh, strong correlations between the two. That's some astrological work I'd like to dive into. If anybody does that, get in touch with me. I would love to see your research. First off, uh, one of the things that I mentioned on the air quite a few times, and again, it's just, I've not had someone say, you are this or you are that. It's just been my own journey. As I've kind of gone through life, I, I think the proper word, and, and I definitely feel that I, like this word does fit when I looked up the definition, is that I found on my journey, Susie, that um, I'm an empath. One of the things that I mentioned on the program a lot of times is when certain things connect, I tend to get goosebumps. And as you were saying that, I was actually getting goosebumps here in the studio, which I found very interesting. And and I often do document it on air because a lot of times when something like that happens later on, uh, there'll be another synchronicity. But as you were saying about the moon and the planets and astrology, it reminds me of someone who... I mean, he's not very, um, you wouldn't really put him in the uh, the, the flavor of the month as far as uh, being woke and accepted by some groups. But to me, I can separate a person's, say, I can, I can separate a person's creations from their personal views. And I can 
admit that people have flaws, but at the same time, same time, I don't just throw everything out that has to do with them just because they don't fit our 21st century thoughts on the world. And that's H.P. Lovecraft. As you were saying it, I was just thinking, you know, when the stars are right, I was just thinking about how talk about uh, Cthulhu and, and the, the old gods and that and how they would... I'm not saying that's what's going on, but it's just funny you're talking mm-hmm. about with these certain uh, planet alignments and things like that. And then I just, it's like I was thinking I could just hear it in the back of my mind, hearing, oh, when the stars <laughs> are right. And I thought, well, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And, you know, and, and like you can really like, you, can, you know, you can micro macro this whole concept, too, because it's OK. So if, you, if you're looking at the moon as like is that just like the human from the human perspective is that just the awareness of the beings the moon cycles kind of ruling us or not ruling us but compelling us to to be aware of something or is it like perhaps in the bigger picture these events are happening these are being chosen times right by higher being it's like there's so many ways to go with this. I'm getting chills too. I think this is going to be my new. I'm. I want to come back on like oh, yeah. three months from now, and I'm going to have all kinds of research on this. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> hold me to it. Oh, I just invited myself definitely. back on your podcast. Uh, How you, do you like you, that? You, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> I've already enjoyed everything we've talked about. Trust me. Um, this is fun. Well, yeah. Well, one of the one of the people who I've listened to a lot about astrology, and I tend to agree a lot with how they see things. I've always liked the real humility that he has about a lot of this is John Hogue. So a, a lot of these things that I've kind of picked up because it's it's one of those things where I'd say it's a fringe thing or kind of like I've dabbled. I, it's not something that I've I've spent a lot of hard time researching. But a lot of things that John Hogue said over the years I've found very interesting. The reason why I tend to choose a lot of people in these certain fields is that they very much present the facts and the evidence. They don't push certain political or other kind of agendas. And that's basically two rules I've got on the program is that everything in this world I get, like a lot of things do have to do with religion and politics. And I'll tell people, hey, we can touch on it. It's just if you think you're going to come on and not that you would, you think you're going to come on here and have an hour long diatribe about politics then this isn't the program i don't mind touching on it i get that it affects people's lives but that's that's why i've always appreciated people like that we've all got our personal thoughts and opinions away from this subject we don't need to talk about all of that on when we're talking about these subjects as well yeah uh, and i'm struggling with that because you know as as long as i've been doing this i mean one of the things that keeps me fascinated is i'm, I'm always listening to into podcasts and and webinars and things from like the the great minds in astrology and and i've noticed over the years sadly there it's it's getting very slanted very um vitriolic i guess you could say yeah. in the opinions and it's it's disappointing to me because that's not how I roll. That's I'm not how I roll. And yeah. so I'm about you and me and our friends and, and clients and, you know, what what's going on with you? What's in your world? What can, Because there's so much out there that we can't change. And I, I'm not saying we're helpless to every, I, I know, whatever, I don't even need to qualify. We know yeah. what we can do and we know what we can't do. And so what is most important is what, like, let's talk about what is going on in your world and how you can exist in some peace. And yeah. and that's that's the work I do. It's it, it's not we don't, we don't look for blame 
in the chart. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't blame the planets and we don't blame the people. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like we look for solutions. And, uh, and that is so important when you're using these tools. To me, it's important because that's what's going to maintain the integrity of it. I mean, I can tell you like, horror stories about like these famous astrologers that made these wild and crazy, very, very biased predictions and embarrass themselves. And it's like, sure, we can be wrong. Absolutely. But when, but you got to check your bias, man, you got to check your bias before you start. Uh, well, I guess you don't have to, but it's a good idea because what's going to happen is you're going to turn off more people than you're going to attract. And if, if we really want to learn and understand our connection to all things, we have to really deeply understand understand our connection to all things and we are connected to the things we hate as much as the things we love it's funny you say that because again i mean that is one of the things that john hogue has said many times he, he'll say look i don't want this to be true i don't want this to be the way that it is trust me i completely i think the opposite but this is what i see mm -hmm. from the evidence like like you say and that's one of the things I'm sure you heard me talk about early on about Charles Fort. And he's I, I, I've been pleasantly surprised. I mean, a lot of younger people have got no idea who he is. But I've been pleasantly surprised um, how many people that I do talk to and they'll say, oh, yeah, I, I do know who that is. Of course, Lionel knew who it was and a few other good friends. But that see, that's how Charles Fort approached all of this. He basically said that you must go in with no bias and you have to look at everything. Just look at it on evidence sake. And he said, look, yes, uh, the odds are it's probably not someone from Zeta Reticuli. But at the same time, just because you feel that's impossible doesn't mean that it's not what's going on. So, yeah. And, and and I learned that too, because in, in all fairness, like I, I am guilty of, of getting, you know, I, I'm satirizing. So that right there, I can tend to exaggerate and I can also get very dogmatic in my beliefs. Yeah. I, I, and look, so, I can and I definitely have as well. Yeah. I'd, and you know, and then, so, and, but what inevitably happens is like literally I will be scrolling through Facebook and someone that I admire or a friend or somebody will have posted, I really don't like it when people like <laughs> get, tell people that this is the only way when we really don't know. And I'm like, oh, shoot, just got called out again, you know, and it's not about me, but it, that was for me. Right. And, um, so yeah, so I get, I get the two by fours in, in the head when <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little too far out there on the limb. Yeah. I mean, but that is the truth. And like you, like you said earlier, it's like I totally a thousand percent try to live by that it's like the the more i know the less i know <laughs> oh well, I, and I love that though. You know, it's, it's so funny. I, it's like this guy, you were talking about how, how this stuff gets, gets under your skin and you end up getting on this mission. You know, you've got, I mean, the, the other thing that you have in your chart that I'm just like so fascinated with is the Sun Pluto, Sun Pluto North Node conjunction in your chart. And what that really, what that means is like you, there's this intense drive to bring balance to this world and you know yeah. i mean that's what your north node is and that sun and that pluto together in there can be like a obsessive and obsessive need to bring balance to this world and so of course it's what you shared about your personal journey you know it's like sometimes we have to go to the imbalance to really understand what balance is yeah and and so oh, i just totally forgot where i was gonna go with that so it's just no no it just I, I just get start crawling around in people's charts and i forget where i am um but <laughs> 
Um, but it just had to do with just never always being open, always remaining teachable. That's one of the greatest things that I ever heard in my life was always remain teachable. Oh, I was going to tell you about the uh, the man from the astrology store in London. Okay. One of my dreams was always to go to this store over there. This this uh, there's a place called the astrology store, and it's and it's run by this very very eccentric gentleman. I absolutely I stood there talking to him. It must have been forty five minutes to an hour, and he was just so engaging. And he's he is every bit the eccentric is the word. I mean, there's just no nice. other word for him. My kind of people. And yeah, and uh, and. And he was, he was so kind to me and he, he was piling my arms up with books going, here, take this one, take this one. And I'm like, well, I'll buy him. He's like, no, 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 you take these, you know, and you can buy those over there. But, you know, and I was like, oh my God, this is like incredible. Anyways, I, at one point I just looked at him and I went, isn't astrology just so wonderful? You know, cause we were having this whole astrology yeah. conversation and he goes, wonderful. It's the bane of my existence. He said, I'll, I'm a scientist. I have spent my entire life trying to figure out why astrology doesn't work. And every time I try to disprove it, it proves me wrong again. And he's like, and he was so animated. And I was like, dude, like I never really thought about that. Right. And and it applies to like all the things, tarot and mediumship yeah. and astrology and all the tools that we get to use, our own intuition and everything. It's endless. And and even if you're out there trying to debunk it, it's not, it's not necessarily going to work. You're getting sucked in. <laughs> well, it is very funny you say that, and I'll tell you why. First off, I am very, you, you're absolutely right. Look, I am strongly driven about finding balance in life. I am a true Libra. Every time I think about my astrological sign, it couldn't be more true for me. I'm very much the person that I want the world to be balanced. I've got a strong feeling of justice. But again, it's not my justice. It's that I don't know. I it's guess what's best for all. Yeah. And, and I guess that because in my life, I've seen so many times where the world isn't fair, not just for me, but for people that I'm driven to try and make it more equal if I can. It's really funny that, that you picked up on that because there is no, when you go to the core of me, there's no truer statement that can be made. I mean, that's 100%. It's not a, oh yeah, that kind of, re no, that, that resonates. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's so funny you say that. And the other thing was that I'm just bringing up the website because I wanted to be able to tell you the name of the website. So I did run um, probably around five, six months ago, I did run a birth chart and I ran it on, I think this is the site, Cafe Astrology, because I was just curious because when I had Timmy on, Timmy had also run my chart. Well, the thing that was so fascinating to me was I, I ran this chart and I thought, well, let's let's just keep our skeptical mind, JT. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to get a lot of very vague things. No, Susie, it was not vague and it was very much spot on. It basically said one of the things that I remember, I'm pretty sure I've got it printed out around here somewhere. One of the things that I remember was it said, it said something like Achilles heel or lifelong weaknesses will be headaches and fevers. And I suffer from migraines. I have my mm -hmm. my whole life. There are times where they'll lay me down for three or four days. As a child, I had a lot of things like scarlet fever and rheumatic fever. And to this day, I've always been a workaholic. But one, one thing I always struggle to get up and go to work is if I'm running a fever. And when I read that, it, again, I've had some of these moments where I literally have to sit down because it's like, no, 
No, this cannot be happening. <laughs> but yeah, I just found it so, so fascinating that it just was like, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, tick another box. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, and that's, you know, with Aries on your sixth house cusp, that is, is the reason why, you know, Aries rules the head. And so, and there's a lot of like, a lot of stuff, your Chiron is in your sixth house, and the Chiron is that wounded healer energy. And, and so, Again, this keeps drawing me in here to the this whole, it's no accident that you're doing what you're doing now. Synchronicity, whatever you want to call it, you know, but this, I, I just, we get, we get to the place we get to, however we get to it. Right, you know? right. And I think you've kind of arrived. I mean, this may not be the be all and end all that you do for the rest of your life, but, but this, this vein of this, of work is, it's like it's a natural for you, and it's very healing for you because the, that Chiron and Taurus, other than the physical aspects of it, it's, it has to do with your voice and getting your voice heard. And one of the reasons that, like I said, I, I think I said this in the beginning. I'm talking so much today, I don't remember. Um, you know, <laughs> well, I'm you so know, passionate we've had about a good conversation when you say that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know this is fun. This is awesome. Um, you're just you're a joy to talk to and to and to listen to. One of the reasons I do this is to help people find their their own intuitive voice and their and and to feel like they can speak their truth, right? And that is a huge thing for you as you help people speak their truth, whatever that is. Allow that, hold that space for them. It's healing you as well. And the the whole thing about the balance too. The, another thing I wanted to mention too is a lot of people have this. Do you know any other Libras in your life? Yes. Would you say they're very balanced people? Yes. Okay, then you're very lucky, because a lot of Libras are not, and the reason they're not is because they're not necessarily here to force balance into situations, but to hold the space for it. And there's you know, there's right. a big difference. You understand that, right? Yeah. And um and so in order to hold the space for the balance to be, if you're talking about like in a very esoteric kind of theme of things, you have to be around the imbalance, right? Because that's where your energy is needed, and and that's Libra. Libra's tricky like that because it's what manifests often around and through Libra is the exact opposite of what we say they are. <laughs> <laughs> So early in life, and you know, we all evolve. I mean, our charts, we, oh, yeah. we evolve into different levels of our charts over our lifetime. So um, that's what progress charts are for and things like that. And to, to kind of visualize that, but it's, it's pretty amazing when you, when you really dive deep into what the energy of these planets and the signs are, how in, it, how in the bigger picture, what our roles are, what, what we're here to hold the space for. It's pretty cool. I can't remember who it was. It wasn't John Hogue. It was a person who uh, kind of works in the astrology field. And they, I remember somebody asked them, they said, oh, well, yeah, basically they said to them, oh, tell me how it works and everything else. And you know what he said? He goes, look, I've been doing this for 50 years. I don't know how it works. All I know is it works, and it works for me. And if you don't like that explanation, I don't care. I've given up trying to work out why it works. And he just basically said, all I know is it works. It's repeatable. I've seen it happen my whole life, and I'm over-racking my brain trying to know why. He basically said, I'll know why when I die. He said, uh, until then, and the person was really perturbed, the questioner. And he said, well, look, I, I really don't care. He goes, uh, I've spent enough sleepless nights trying to work out how this can be possible <laughs> or how these things can work. 
And I see, I think that to some people, they, they may not say it to me, but they get annoyed because I'm very much the same way. I don't need that smoking gun evidence of a lot of this. It's just that I I work very much on that balance of probability thing. Okay, uh, spirits and ghosts, right? There's just, it's literally thousands of years old. It's gone through the Greeks, the Romans, um, the Mesopotamians, on and on and on. There have been writings and stories about spirits coming back, everything else. Mm-hmm. Now, does it matter what it is in my mind? No, because... There's something, I've said it a few times, it's kind of like the flood, quote-unquote, flood myth. When you've got 200 cultures all over the world that all have this uh, story in their archives, and then you talk about things like people or, or entities coming from elsewhere, and again, you've got hundreds of cultures saying this, it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, but they can't, they didn't all talk, and number one, and number two, they couldn't have all made it up. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And again, if, it wasn't if, the internet. Yeah, <laughs> there was, yeah. if there wasn't, you know, think of, gosh, you know, think about this, JT, with the with the internet now, right? Um, I sound like such an old person with the the that interwebs, um, <laughs> with the with the, but with that, like, there's, I wonder, I wonder, oh God, now I'm going off on a weird. A weird idea here. How difficult is it going to be for like civilizations down the road to prove anything existed or didn't exist if everything is computer based? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's so manipulatable. You know, it's so easily manipulated. Wow. You know, I mean, we had stuff on stone walls carved into stone walls, structures. We had monoliths, buildings. We have, we have, there's so much stuff in our history as, as a human species to validate the existence of certain things that, and none of that, I mean, I don't want to say none of it, but how much of that is really going to be in existence in the future? Um, You know? Look, exactly. You you are talking my language. One of the things that I've kind of touched on a little bit on the program because one of the things again that i try not to do as as you as you've already seen i try not to polarize people and i try not to say outlandish to what some people might think are outlandish no matter what i feel but one of the things that i've kind of touched on and i'm adamant about is that when mainstream academia tells us we know 95 percent of what's happened in history it's like nah we might know five percent if we're lucky (laughs) And you see, like, I, I've, I've had these arguments before with some very intelligent people, and they'll say, because I am a big proponent that there have been civilizations on this earth, and it doesn't matter if they go back tens of thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years, there are civilizations that we don't necessarily know about or we know very little about. Exactly what you're saying. What if they were that advanced that maybe they didn't have the internet, but just like what uh, Casey talked about, I mean, if they were advanced similar to where we are now, but a different time, a different way, maybe different ways of getting there. But again, if a lot of that stuff wasn't chiseled in stone tablets, then what do we have? I mean, one of the shows that ties into this, and it's really fascinating, it's an older show. Uh, when I say older, it's like 10 years old or so. But that um, After after People or something like that on the Discovery Channel, and they would basically mm. show, yeah, they'd show cities and they would say, they wouldn't say why, but they would just say, all of a sudden, humanity disappears. And then they would just show what starts happening to a city. And they would say, five years after people, ten years, on and on and on. And basically, after 
A few hundred years, almost nothing would be left of our current civilization. And they basically said that the things that were going to last a long time were the things that were already here before modern mm -hmm. civilization, like the pyramids, the Great Wall of China, and some things like Mount Rushmore or Stone Mountain in Georgia. Basically, everything else was going to be gone. And it's true. I mean, we live in this very physical world and we look at things like, well, look at a big city. But if that big city and those buildings aren't being kept up and repaired and stuff like that just gets left, it doesn't take very long for it all to start falling apart. So look, I 100% agree with you there. I'm I'm on board with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so what definitely... do we do? We go find some rocks to carve stuff in now? <laughs> Well, uh, look, I uh in my life I've I've left so many books behind unfortunately and I'm really sad about it but when you move a lot it's just one of the things that happens. Uh I've I've got a decent amount of books and I'm always on the lookout. In fact, as you were saying pre-internet, here here's a crack up for you. Just this week I posted on Instagram a photo because I saw it on our local auction site here kind of like ebay guess what it was it was time life book on the ufo phenomenon i saw it and it was like six bucks and with shipping it was like nine or ten bucks so i was like well you know i gotta get that sure enough i i got it and i, I put a put a posted a photo up and the amount of people who are commenting they're like i remember checking that out over and over in the library and it was just awesome to see that these people a lot of people had the same connection with this we couldn't afford them when yeah. i was younger and i wanted them but when I saw it and I went, some people would go, why would you waste 10 bucks when you can look it up online? But I started thumbing through this book and there's just <laughs> exactly. awesome artwork. Yeah, exactly. But there's these awesome artwork. Just looking through it, like the photos and the artwork were worth the 10 bucks. I was like, man, I was, I was really happy um, to get it. So, so yeah, I, there are a few books that I've got my hands on and um, there'll be more that there's certain ones that I'm always looking for, but you know how it is with out-of-print stuff and not having a day job right now. I don't really have much of a budget to, to spend a 100 bucks <laughs> on an out-of-print book. So that's that's my little thing. That's kind of what I'm doing is just doing my best to uh, to keep some physical records because you're right. You, you never know what's going to happen, and we never know what's around the corner. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the book hog, too. I'm surrounded by books everywhere, and I won't let them go. I saw some of the... Some of the first astrology books I ever read, I still have. I have I have one book that's like kind of a astrology reference book that literally I I haven't bought a new one. I don't know why, but there is no spine left on it. Not there is no spine on the book. It's just pages stuck together. Nice. <laughs> it's insane. Now I treasure that book, you know, because it's like years and years and years of study and and. I, I, learning how to understand astrology through that book and uh yeah so so maybe maybe books will save us i don't know oh well, my well, gosh. well if not at so least we'll have something about. yeah we'll we'll have something to read anyway while everybody else is um <laughs> trying to build fire in the rubble at least we'll be able I to well the zombies are outside the fence yeah <laughs> well here's a funny here's a funny little story for you i'll, I'll tell you actually um and you'll get this reference, I know you will. I've got a very good friend of the of the program, and they've been some of my biggest supporters. It's it's a friend I've had, like, I've known him since I was kind of in my early 20s, and he's family to me. And him and his wife live in North Carolina. And one of the fun things I do on the show is that, like, the real hardcore supporters, they become chapter president. They're the chapter presidents in North Carolina. And mm -hmm. uh, cool. a, a few months back, he's he's very much got a mind like me. Uh, we're very we're very old souls and so 
he's really into a lot of the old sci-fi movies and that. I asked his his wife. I haven't met her in person, but I've I've got to know her over time, and and it's awesome because these two are true like soulmates, and and they're great for each other. And so I said to her, I mentioned something about it. I said, oh, have you ever seen Logan's Run? And she said, no. And what was so cool was when I said it to her, of course, my friend, you know, he's like, well, now we've got to watch Logan's Run. So I told her, I said, okay, I said, who who would be JT in Logan's Run? And then she was thinking about it, and, and she goes, oh, who who would you be? And then I said, it, sorry, no, I told her ahead of time. I said, I would be Peter Ustinov in um, Logan's Run. And then when she watched it, she came back. She goes, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, him and his white beard and his, uh, yeah, he's got all the cats. And I said, yep, that'd be me with the library. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'd be, okay, all the rest of you, you can go and do whatever you want. Just leave me alone here in the library. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Man, it's just the things, you know, it's, it's just so weird, the state of things right now and how deeply and, and permanently so much is changing you know surreal um, is how i uh, it's very I surreal describe it yeah very surreal so again you know for me it just keeps coming back to like what what is in my control and it's you know my reaction to things and my immediate environment um i can make good positive choices in day to day and and affect those things and um and just the rest has to kind of sort itself out <laughs> And it's funny you say that because there are days that I get, when you were saying earlier, when you were talking about the wounded healer, that really hit a nerve for me. And the reason I say that is, do you know why I basically stopped doing the other program, the uh, the Fortunate Son? Mm -mm. Because as an empath, I would feel so drained after doing episodes, like I would literally feel like I had wow. worked a 12-hour shift. And especially when I would get on and talk about things like when we had the riots in the summer in the U.S. and things like mm -hmm. that, it just completely drained my, my battery. I've got a, another very good supporter and a good friend that I've known for years, and she really liked me doing it because she felt that it was very valuable to do for people. And I explained to her, I said, look, I'm not going anywhere, but the reality is there's lots of excellent people out there who do things about mental health and everything else. I'm still going to be here if anybody, I've said it time and time again, if no one else is there for you, I'm here. Like I've said to the listeners, get a hold of me. I'd rather have you get a hold of me and talk to me than make, uh, to, to take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So I'd rather be woken up at three in the morning by someone than read later that they've taken Absolutely. their life because I've been there and I've had people around me do it. And so uh, I just said to her, I said, but the reality is it's like literally the show was completely different. So I would very much just get on the mic and kind of freestyle, but I would feel so drained afterwards. Mm. Um, I just, I knew I was doing good, but at the same time, it was just like, I can't keep doing this. It's just sucking the, the juice out of me uh, because yeah. I would put so much emotion into it. So when you said the wounded healer, I was just kind of chuckling because I was like, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, that that's uh, that is definitely me. This I've got a real passion for what I do, as you can tell. But at the same time, I because this is much more structured. I.e., I have to do my research. I have I, I've got like a, a schedule for the week and all of that. It makes it much easier for me because even when I do feel drained, I can step away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when I do the actual program, uh, most of it is notes that I've written and. Some, but but what I'm saying is it's it, it's much more of the 
the subconscious side, the robot side of me getting to take over at that point because I've done all the hard work up front. Yeah, it, it, it is... Um, it's interesting how many people will say to me, because, see, like the term empath, Susie, I'd never really heard that term until a few years ago. And then See, and I, that yeah. blows me away, right? You've been around this stuff for so many years. And it's, and, and I, I lump it all into that stuff because generally once you open one door, you know, if you're into UFOs, you're going to start hearing about the paranormal. And then yeah. you're going to start hearing about these other metaphysical things. And, and so, yeah, so that's pretty wild. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that you hadn't hadn't heard that earlier. I and mean, it's not, not judgment. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I've just, that's, it just reminds me about, the people that need to know about these things about themselves. And yeah, empaths, empaths have, they, they, they got a tough road, I'll tell you. Um, you gotta figure out where your feelings end and other people start. And, and I've, I've known a few others. It's tricky. Yeah, I've known a few others since, again, that's the beauty of this journey of doing this program and everything else. Yep. Is that, like you were saying, I mean, there are days that I'll be very cynical about humanity, but then I'm I'm reminded of some of the wonderful people I've met, like yourself, in in this in in this journey. And I just think to myself, what if I never would have done this? It's like I I don't even want to think about it. Early on, it was really hard for me because I'm a workaholic. I've basically been working since I was 13. When I lost my job, I was out looking for roles in that, and. Um, then we had COVID, of course, and my wonderful partner just said to me, she said, look, you, you've always been a workaholic. You've gone above and beyond and everything else. Just stay home. Just have a break and relax, and we'll find a way to make things work because I'm fortunate wow, she, awesome. she works for the government. So her job was she was never going to lose her she job. She was set. Yeah. Yeah. Good. But, I mean, yeah, she's been so supportive in this journey. Yeah. But but I'll tell you what, at first, the first few months, it was so much, uh, because that was the second time, it, the, the last two jobs uh, basically had lost to restructuring, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of helter-skelter and world turned upside down because one thing in life that's always brought me structure is just work. It's like, I'll just go to, it's like, oh. Oh, well, uh, wake up in the morning and I'm tired. Oh, well, go and do your 12 or 14 or 16 hour day. That's the way, you know, I, I've been working. I tell you, you know, it's even though I've had like some crazy different, like quote careers, I have always worked my tail off. I mean, yeah. two and three jobs. I started working when I was 15 yeah. and I, and I've never really, I've never stopped, you know, and, and, and so, yeah, I totally get it. And I'm still, still a workaholic. I have to force myself to not work. I mean, it is difficult to not work and especially now that i'm doing my my passion you know it's like so it's yeah i totally understand that and and as as an empath it's like keeping you got to manage your energy got to manage that energy and when you get depleted it's like you can i mean i think what happens with with people who are empathic or you know highly sensitive who turn to work all this like they don't even know how bad it is until they completely stop until something forces them to completely stop and so again no accident that the last few positions you had were eliminated like that. It was like they were trying to, you know, universe was going, here, let me just show you, let, let me just, let me just make this a little unsteady. Let me, let me just show you again a little bit, like what it might be like if you took a little less <laughs> of a, a little more of a break here. Okay. Finally, that's it. You're taking the break. Yeah. We're going to keep getting the messages until we get the message, you know, <laughs> it's, 
And that's the way it works, you know. It's like, I mean, I had I had so many, I get those cosmic two-by-fours all the time because I am just stubborn. And um, literally, I mean, I was literally, like, I worked so hard last year because when I went, when COVID hit, I they went, okay, nobody, gets, nobody goes in, into their offices. I was like, all right. I've already been working about maybe, I don't know, a quarter. What I did already was um, the phone and Zoom. I was using Zoom way before everybody, right, people right. were still like, what's Zoom? Can we Skype? And it's like, no, it's, let me teach you how to use Zoom. I mean, I was I was into that long before the Zoom revolution. And um, and so really wasn't wasn't a, a shift for me to do that. But I thought, well, just I'll just stay home and I'll do, you know, a reading here or there. I guess that's the way it's going to be. And my business blew up, blew up. I was so flipping busy. I was like, I thought I was going to have all these months to write a book and write yes. some more yeah. blogs yeah. and do all this yeah. stuff. Oh, heck no. There, <laughs> there was way. And, and so, so what happened was I worked my tail off last year. So hard, harder than I ever worked when I was going into my office every day. And so what ended up happening ah, from January to February, I was on my butt. Yeah. I was sick. I had a bunch of stuff hit me and it wasn't COVID. It was just other stuff that knocked me flat down. And and when I came out of it, I said, okay, I hear you. So I kind of, I cut back a little bit on the amount that I was doing, <laughs> the amount of readings I was doing. I was seeing like anywhere from 15 to like 25 clients a week. Now I got it down to about 12 to 15 and I'm good. You know, <laughs> It's like, that's good. Plus all the other stuff I do, the parties and things. But yeah, I mean, it was just wow, I have to get that two by four before I realize yeah, how much too. of my energy is just going out the window. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning how to cooperate a little more with, um, with source. I, I wouldn't say I'm totally getting it, but I'm aware <laughs> when I'm overworking. Let me put it that way. <laughs> well, um, like you say, it's, it's the same here. And I mean, kind of late last year, early this year, it was the same with the program. I mean, I, I'll say it on air, and I almost feel guilty when I say it because I tell people, look, I'm not trying to make people feel bad, but some people don't realize the amount of work that goes into doing this. It's not a matter of hopping on the mic, doing an, an hour, and then recording, and then you're done. It's like all the research, all the editing, everything else, because, again, I always want to put the best foot forward, not only for myself, but any guests I would have on. And the first season, I did no guests because... The truth is, I always thought to myself, number one, oh, it's just going to be, nobody's going to want to be a guest. And number two, I thought, uh, yeah, I, I was, I thought, oh, well, that's for big boys, you know what I mean? And then once <laughs> I started looking into it and started asking people, I was like, wow, okay, why didn't I do this sooner? Because, um, I, I mean, look, it's, it's a double-edged sword and so many things in life. As I say, to, I, I've said this in job interviews and everything else. As I've aged, I tend to not look at things in extreme positives or negatives. I look at everything as double-edged. So, for example, somebody who might have a bit of a temper on the other side of that is passion. Yes, they might they might get right. angry. But if they harness that, then that's passion. And so that was one of the things about doing this that I'll say to people, it's not just writing a script and doing the show. It's doing the social media. It's uh, editing things. It's lining up guests and everything else. And like you say, uh, I had I had like a five-day migraine a while back. And after that, I was literally laying there. And I, as I was laying there, I was just like, when this is over, I promise that I'll, I'll listen like you're saying. And I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just try and dial it down a notch. And so what I'm, what I've tried to do is rather than letting it get to like just on the cusp of the, the bodies just saying, okay, 
we're just going to take your we're going to take the decision making out of your hands. We're just taking the time off. Then I'll try and take a step back. But yeah, it's like you say. I mean, I can be sitting out in the front room watching TV, and in my in my mind, I feel guilty because I'm not working. On yes, I know. Yeah. I, was, I sit there with my phone and go, "Well, I'll just answer these emails." And it's like, oh, I have to literally like force myself to not respond to things when it's ten o'clock at night. Yeah. yeah, and and I have I have two people that work for me. I mean, seriously, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's the amount of, of stuff right. that I have. <laughs> it's like, and who created it? Uh, me, you know, yeah, <laughs> all yeah. my choice. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I do want to give you a lot of credit. And, and I, I just want to share this. A lot of credit for the work that goes into podcasting. I totally understand. Last year, I decided one of those little things I thought I'd do in my spare time. I decided I wanted to do just this podcast about haunted houses and people who lived in haunted, but average people that, right. you know, <laughs> had these experiences. And I'll tell you, I did five or six episodes and none of them are usable because I was totally stupid and did not check the sound. And I had, there was a bad sound quality to them and the editing was over my head the amount of prep work that I put into, it took two of us weeks to schedule everybody, get all of the forms filled out, the guest forms, everything ahead of time. Listen, I know the work that goes in. People think, like like I said, you know, like, and, and it wasn't that I thought that that's all I was going to yeah. do was, I, I knew there'd be some work to it, but <clears throat> the deeper I got, the less I wanted to do it. It was, <laughs> it was it was overwhelming. So I really appreciate anyone who puts together a podcast that quality like this. It's just, there is quite a bit of work. It is not a simple thing. And I'm, I'm just, I'm glad that, that this world of podcasts is, is becoming so, or is, is so popular because there's a lot of people that have a lot of really good things to say. And gives, it's that, it's that going back to your, your, uh, your Chiron and Taurus, you know, giving, giving a voice to the voiceless. And so it really is something. So I, I definitely appreciate all the work that you did. Because I've got like five episodes of junk I can't use now. And I was so excited about it. Oh my gosh. I've been there. Yeah, I've I've really been there. Um, trust me. I I had an episode that it took me months to get around to getting fixed properly, and I'm I'm glad that I released it in the end. But again, I'm like you. I always feel it's like no, I don't want to. I don't want to just put anything out there, and especially if it's if it's got a guest involved, because again, to me, it's up to me to make the guest in the best light I possibly can. Because they've taken their time to to come on and they're doing me a favor. We we managed to get it uh, to get it fixed up. But uh, I'll tell you what, though, when I started out, I um, sorry, I just happened to click on my web page as I was um, talking. There's a story here in New Zealand that kind of like our opposition party, a party that's not in government. It says predictions: house prices will stop going up rapidly. UFO stuff, and I was just like, what's he talking about UFOs now? <laughs> So um so so sorry um but yeah when I the first... UFOs have bought all the houses. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's um it's it's one of those things where here, uh, New Zealand and Australia very much are kind of like U.S. light, and what I mean by that is a lot of the ways that people were treated in the U.S. around UFOs is the same reaction that people got here in Australia and New Zealand in the past. 
i.e. you're crazy or you're making it up or you just want publicity. When I first started doing the podcast, get this, you'll, you'll laugh when you hear this. So when you hear those very early episodes, and I'm pretty sure you listen to one, you want to hear something nuts? That was one take. I literally didn't know how to edit anything. So if I screwed up, I sat down and re-recorded the entire episode oh. because I didn't know how to edit anything. Probably the first, because uh, I started out doing them on my iPhone, and the first four or five, they were all one cuts, and I was so stressed afterwards, mm. and I just like, you repeat a word, I'm like, oh, no, that sounds terrible, i got to do it again. But the cool thing is, I've learned so much on this journey, everything from that, from the audio, from social media, and like I say, the two things that make it all worthwhile to me at the end of the day, no matter what, is what we're doing right now, and just connecting with people at large and in general. There's some awesome people out there that are so supportive on Instagram especially. Instagram's my favorite social media. Uh, yeah, it's becoming mine. <laughs> it's yeah. really, it's, I need to spend more time out there, yeah. Well, the, the amount of people there that I have said to either I'll make them, like, I'll, I'll make them a chapter president or I'll just give them a shout-out on the show. And they're just like, you don't have to do that. It's like, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> and if, You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I can eat, but I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I don't have millions of dollars. I, I, can't, I can't send you lavish gifts, but what I can do is, is use exactly what you were saying. I can use my platform to say thank you for your support. I mean, it's not, to me, it's just part of, yeah. of being a, a good person or a good the human, person yeah. I want to be. Yeah, is, is to thank people who support what I do. Because when yeah. I started this journey, I knew there would be certain people who would. But again, these are people I've known my whole life. And now, I'll tell you what, Susie, it's it's crazy. I, again, for a long format show, and a show that will vary anywhere from some of the like the the bonuses I'll do might vary from twenty minutes up to three plus hours. I've had listeners in uh, forty six out of the fifty U.S. states and D.C. I've had listeners in over sixty countries. It just, nice. yeah, it's, again, it, I say it all the time, I'm not Joe Rogan, but it's not, no offense to Joe Rogan, it's not that I want to be Joe Rogan. I'm, Do you know, like, no. I was going to tell you something about him. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, but there's just so many phenomenal things that have happened in the last year that I'm just astounded by, like, if you would have said yeah. to me, oh, there's going to be people in 60 countries that listen, oh, yeah, right, nobody in Belgium's going to want to listen to me. I'm not going to have a massive audience in India, but guess what I do? <laughs> yep. Well, see that, but that's the thing that when we, you know, for so many years, like I, I did charts for people and I read for people and I did, you know, I was, I did this for so, so long and I just didn't trust that or believe or whatever. Maybe it was just one of those things I, you know, emotionally, I wasn't ready to do this, to step into this work. And, you know, I had a bunch of careers. I mean, I chased singing around the country for years and in different bands and tried all these different things. And, and, I, and then I always had the day jobs because, you know, like I said, the workaholic, right? Yep. Singer by night, work my butt off by day. And, <laughs> you know, and, and, and speaking, one of, one of my many incarnations was comedy club manager. And that was what I was wow. going to tell you about Joe Rogan. I remember when he was an open micer at my club <laughs> in Boston. Okay. He's a, I, I love Joe. Um, and, uh, and, and I remember when he first got signed by agency, all the comics were so jealous. They're like, who the hell is he? What do they see in him? You know, it's like, mm, you just, you wait. Right. Cause he, he had the thing. He had the thing. He may not have had the experience or X factor, right? but he had, he had the thing. Yeah. And so I, I love him. But anyways, I don't know if that's politically correct to say you might want to edit that out. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess that's a polarizing topic now, too. But, ah. you know, I mean, I knew him way back when. Doesn't matter anyway. I mean. But, yeah, it's like when we're doing our thing, when we are doing the thing that we are born to do, it's going to work. I watch people all the time and not to, not to, I, I, and I don't mean to sound mean about this, but I coach and counsel people all the time in career changes and life changes, right? right? And this is not to say that I'm always right, but I have seen several people who saw the shiny thing and this yeah. is what they wanted to do. Yeah. And I'm determined to do this and I'm going to do this. And I'm not one to burst anybody's bubble here, but there's certain, there's certain talents. Like you can really see a lot about a person in, in their chart. I know I keep talking a lot about astrology, but I have your chart open. So it's like right here in front of me, but you know, you you can see you can see potential what you're seeing is their potential their talents their skills and and i can't tell you and how many times i i've watched people i've tried to tell them this <laughs> this is your thing here right. this is your thing and had several come back and say you know you were right i tried the other thing and this and what you said the thing was my thing or i never thought the best ones obviously obviously are the ones that come back and say like hey you you made this suggestion and it was like the farthest thing from my mind and guess what? This is my passion now. I didn't even know it existed. But what happens when that happens, like it happened with me when I, when I finally said, why am I working for other people when I have enough skill and talent to do what I'm doing and be compensated for it? And that was nearly 14 years ago that I told my poor husband who married an HR professional singer right. and astrologer right. and you know I had all these other things going on too he 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 knew he knew what he was getting into right. to a point but I mean I had the day job and I think he was pretty proud of that um and, <laughs> and I looked him in the eye and I said um guess what I'm going to step into what my real purpose is here and he was nervous and I was very nervous you know like I said I I felt like somebody took the training wheels off my bicycle, course, you know, for yeah. about a year. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to work really, really, really hard. And it's going to all come out right. You know? Right, right. And, and it did. I have never looked back. Awesome. And, and I've never regretted it. And I, and it just... When you get in that flow, and this this is this feels to me like your flow, and oh. whether this ex is exactly the thing that you'll be doing, taking it to a level where it's income generating for you or whatever, or if it leads to something else, it's, you're going to have that similar vein using your voice to 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 bring. Uh, you know, fairness and justice, I guess. And so whatever that looks like to you at the time or holding the space for people to find that balance, you know, let's present this side, let's present this side and let everybody figure out where they fall in the middle. Well, that's, it's funny you say that because just exactly what you were saying, that um, how some people will say, I didn't even realize that this was a passion. I mean, of course, these things that we talk about, these subjects have been a long, long time passion, but, um, when I was a boy, and I think, again, you might have heard this on one of those early episodes you heard, but when I was a boy, I used to run around with the old cassette deck little tape player about the size mm -hmm. of a, yeah, and I would record myself doing, like, the six o'clock news. Or, really? Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> I would I would play out movie scenes, and I would record it, and my mom and my sister used to say to me, they used to encourage it all the time, and they used to say, them and my grandmother used to say, my grandma used to say, oh, I'm going to see you on TV one day as a cook, you know, as a chef. As I started doing a podcast and that, that's what I dedicated, I think, my first episode to my sister. 
just to say, look, I've never forgotten that you supported me all the time, all, all the way back then. But it is just so funny, like you say, sometimes how life kind of comes full circle. And, yep. And what, and like I said, if you, if you take me back two years, no, 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 that's, if you took me back two years and said, this is the path you're going to go down, I would just be like, yeah, what are you smoking? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a workaholic. I'm a manager. This is what I do. And then, um, yeah, and like you say, I mean, look, I, things have, have managed to work out. Yeah, we're not swimming in money, but we're paying the bills, and, and there are a lot of people That's who awesome. aren't, so so I'm thankful for that. And look, like you say, I mean, if, if it came down to I could generate an income from this and do it, I I would happily do this. Even, uh, like I say, there's, there's pluses and minuses, but just what you're saying. I said, yeah. I've got a friend who does a podcast I've been on quite a few times, and he's been in radio for like 20 years. And early on, when he was really good with supporting me early on, and he started tutoring me on editing and everything else, and he said to me, bro, look, he goes, I, I'm not saying this because we went to school together. You're good at what you do. Like, yeah. you are good. And he said, just take that imposter syndrome and just throw it out the window because mm-hmm. I'm not telling you this because I know you. I'm telling it to you because you are good at what you do. I, I, I'm so thankful that, that he did that because I can lack self-confidence in the beginning of learning things. But once I've got, as the saying goes, once I feel my strops, then you can't hold me back. But it's just getting that initial confidence to say I can do this once that happens then once I've got the confidence to do it like you say it's like the training wheels then it's like just get out of the way because it's just going to grow <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yep and 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 that's so cool because it's like that but that's the thing that I like about you and I, I like about your chart and I just you know your energy and what you put into things it's again we we I don't know, maybe this is a dumb old-fashioned statement, but I've never believed that we get anywhere without hard work. I mean, I suppose these people that just dumb luck into things, but are they really successful or are they just known for whatever? And so, you know, I want satisfaction out of out of the things that I do, you know, and, and you've got those signatures too. That's why you put the effort and the time into it. You do the research and, and that's, I, I just really respect, have a lot of respect for for people to do that they put the work in and so and there are rewards for that I, the rewards really do come you know we're in a, a, an age right now where one of the saddest things i heard and and again i, I may be sounding really old-fashioned forgive me don't send me nasty letters <laughs> again, um, yeah. don't, don't worry you're, I, you're I apologize <laughs> um but I've heard this thing advertised on radio for i forget what it's called but it's what it it's like cliff notes it it's an app or something that you get and it will cliff note every book that you ever wanted to read every thing that you ever wanted to study it gives you the short version of all the things and i'm thinking wow like have we become those people that don't want that don't care about depth and breadth anymore we only care about the surface like is that where this world is going like it's it it make it just makes me sad you know i mean yeah, I, i've yeah. seen it you know i've seen it in the astrology and tarot world but he's like oh just pick up a deck of cards and tell yeah. people you're doing readings for 25 dollars it's like <laughs> no don't please no and i mean do you have to study for 40 years like i did no but put a little effort in for crying out loud yeah. this is like a lifelong tool it's, and and astrology same thing it's like here you know here's an app that does what astrologers do well not yet they don't really have <laughs> yeah. an app out there that can fully 
understand and intuit the, the depth and breadth of, of in a, a chart delineation. And so thank God for that. But I mean, we're all expendable at some point anyways, but yeah, it's like, yeah. this stuff scares me because it's like, you're missing all the juicy words and all the feelings that go with the things that you learn when you hear them you're and when you the read them. Yeah. You're missing yeah. the to get to the destination. Right? And again, I hate to sound like a horse, but you know, it this you know where's the passion like what this is the stuff that the depth and breadth of all of this these conspiracy theory the investigations or the things that we can dissect teeth into it, all of that is what's kept me excited about the work that i do right. it keeps me excited about the work that i do and i don't think everybody's gonna buy into that i mean there, there may be a certain certain group a certain type of person that would that would appreciate that but just every time i hear it i just cringe and i go like no one's gonna understand everything fully anymore like that makes me sad <laughs> well um another one of those kind of epiphanies that's come on me as, I, as i've aged and I've, I've become more and more uh resolute in saying this is that the most valuable thing that anybody can give is their time because we all have finite amounts of time and so there are times, like, let's say I'm watching a TV show or a movie, and I'm kind of like, well, this isn't, like, it's kind of interesting, but I don't know if I want to sit here for two hours. So there are times where I'll sit there, and I'll go, and I'll, I'll look up the plot online, and just go, just to kind of understand what's going on, and go, okay, well, not really my cup of tea. But mm -hmm. but in general, you, you're right. I mean, my attention span is really short as I've oh, gotten God, older, yeah. which, yeah, I, I, I can't sit there and watch TV for hours at a time anymore. If I've got, I don't know what they call it in the U.S. anymore, but here it's like a DVR or like a TiVo from the cable company. Mm -hmm. And if you go yep, in there yeah. and look and it's full and, and so much of the stuff I've got are UFO shows, paranormal shows, obviously paranormal caught on tape. And I've just got hours and hours of it stacked up. And so often I'll get like 20 minutes in and I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I feel fidgety. And I'm like, I just need to go and mm -hmm. do something. What you were saying on the hard work thing, you see, I was laughing because I've used, I, I do these audiograms and oftentimes I'll use kind of famous quotes in them. And there are two quotes that come to mind. The first one, I can't remember who said it, but if it, they basically said nothing, nothing that you get without effort is worth having. And the mm -hmm. second one is Thomas Edison's quote, which is, uh, so many people miss success because it's dressed in blue jeans and it's called hard work. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, and I always think of that. I mean, when I came here to this country, when I left the U.S., I was managing in the supermarket. Okay. So suit and tie and everything else. I came here and I started out slinging fish bins like... Um, let's see, like 60, 70 pound bins full of fish, five and six high. So over my head, 12 hours a day. Yeah. And I'm not a big guy. I am not like, I'm not a football player. I'm like five foot seven, five foot eight. But it was that, it was like, I needed a job. Somebody gave me a job and it was that drive to just do whatever it took. And to this day, that, that guy who was my first manager, we're still very close friends. Because um, he always knew that at the end of the day, when the chips were down, I'd do whatever it took. But uh, And I'm not saying that we should punish our bodies and everything else, but I'm so thankful for who I am today. When the saying, you know, when people say, oh, if you could start all over again, would you do it? And, and, and my answer is no, because I wouldn't be who I am now, because there would be a different set of circumstances, and I would arrive at this time as a different person, and I'm quite 
comfortable with who I am now. I've still got my faults. I've still got my flaws. But I'm so thankful for who I am now, and I'm so thankful with what I've learned and who I've known and the experiences I've had in life. Yeah, same. Same. I would walk back through all the hellfire I'd come through to have what I have today because I appreciate it more and I, and I see the value in it. And I've got, you know, I've got more confidence in myself. And, you know, I get that imposter syndrome. Everybody gets that. And we just have to kind of push through it and, and, you know, get to the other side. My my mom used to have a great quote when, when times were tough, like when you get bad news, lose a job or something. And you know what my mom used to say all the time? What? I've eaten beans before. And I'll never forget oh, that's that so quote. cute. It is. Yeah, it, it's such a good quote. Oh. I'll never forget it. Like something happened, car breakdown or whatever, just like because we never had a lot to begin with. But if there was some kind of setback like that, that was always what my mom used to say. I've eaten beans oh. before. I guess we'll live off dry beans again. Um, <laughs> and uh, she, she, my mom, my mom's was was similar. It was a little more common. Her, her. I asked her one day, and she was getting older. I said, "What, what, what would you?" quote be for the world if you could leave me for saying and she she thought for a minute and she went never give up and i was like that well you definitely raised good. a daughter who won't give up that's for sure <laughs> that's, look yep. that is a that is an awesome quote though because it see and that's how my mom was my mom only went to school to the ninth grade but she was very wise like street smart and went through yeah. a lot in her life and i mean she 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 wasn't necessarily a person a few words but when she wanted to she was very good at summing up let's say and so she could pull out a three or four word quote like that and it's like those are the ones i remember rather than flowery paragraph Mm -hmm. statements that somebody's made so look i fully agree and i think that so many times in life this is why i worry a lot for younger people because they haven't necessarily had the ups and downs that we have so we can look back over 20 years and go well this is just a, a bump in the road but when you're when you're young and something massive happens, it's like it's it's life changing because you've never gone through it. You know what I mean? And so this is one of the things I really do enjoy that I did before I started doing this anyway, was just kind of mentoring or trying to give people life advice and that, especially young people and just mm. trying to be there for them. And that was one of the things I, I'd always feel for them because knowing that they couldn't have the experience that that we've had the amount of years on this planet to kind of get their feeling and so when they'd lose a job or have a breakup or what and then i think back to when that happened to me the first time and and really um it is look that's a beautiful saying never give up and i think that it is something that people need to to bear up and bear in mind i mean even me there are days i i, I sit around and i start feeling sorry for myself and i go no hang on and that it's one of the things that's really gotten me through a lot of this because it's like my life, there's so many people in the world that would crawl over glass and, and, and hot coals to have the life I have. You know what I'm saying? So right. yeah, I can't Same. really complain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting though. I want to, if you don't mind, I just want to point out something you're trying to like chomp and to explain this. Do it. So this is, this is some fun astrology um, insight that most people do not know. So, between the ages of like, well, like 40, 44 to 40, 44, somewhere in there, right? Right. We have something called the, the Uranus opposition, meaning, so we're, we're, we have all the planets in our charts and they're in different signs and they're configured in certain ways and that's what makes you uniquely you, right? They're the, the way those things are laid out in your chart. Right. Okay. Um, but then, then the planets are obviously are moving through 
the sky, and I'm drawing this big round circle with my hand in front of my face that nobody can see, but around the wheel, right? So, you know, if you if you envision your birth chart and on a page, and then around the outside of it is a bunch of planets, right? That's where the, you know, and that would be a transit chart that is called transits, right? And so anyways, it's where the planets are in the sky now. And so as they're moving through their patterns in the sky, they're impacting areas of your chart. And this is how astrology works, right? And it's translation of that is, is what astrologers do. So anyways, we get this thing called a Uranus opposition, meaning Uranus in the sky is in is opposite to where Uranus was when you were born, at the moment you were born. So you have your, your, your natal Uranus at 10 degrees Scorpio. Right now, Uranus in the sky is at 11 degrees Taurus, the opposite sign. Do you know what this is called? No. Besides the Uranus opposition? It's our midlife crisis. <laughs> it's our midlife crazy. I thought I already went through that. <laughs> no, you're having it right now. <laughs> Uh, gotta love it. There is actually an astrological representation event that is that. And and of course when when you're talking about the outer planets, like the planets that move a lot slower, you know, that are that are farther out, right. um, these things can be can come up for they can build up for a while. So yeah, you you may you may have like last year it sounds like last year you had it, yeah. But you're it's it's ex, it's pretty much exact now. It's one degree off right now. So um, but most people don't realize it's an actual thing. And so, so the cool thing about this, so one of the things about it, right. Um, and I don't know how exactly, well, we've been kind of talking a lot about how you're experiencing it, but, um, what happens is the reason they, they call it the, the midlife crisis or whatever is because what happens, right? Somebody hits that age, that mid, that midpoint, right. And they, they suddenly act crazy. Uranus is the planet of acting crazy. It's, it's, it's that very rebellious, um, revolutionary kind of energy, right? Right. And so, so what happens is this suddenly this, this inner, this stirring of their soul occurs and they're like, Oh my God, I'm trapped because Uranus hates to be trapped. Right. right. Um, if you think about an Aquarius, <laughs> like Uranus rules Aquarius. So, so they start doing things to express themselves because because a lot of people won't they don't listen to their soul they don't listen and they end up tamping down the sides of them that are creative and and that need to express and so the when these planets line up in opposition like this it's explosive uranus rules explosions right it's it can be very explosive and so it can come out in all these wretched ways like the cheating on the wife or or like my husband you know my husband he bought his yellow corvette (laughs) and and he had it for about a year i think and he got rid of it (laughs) it's like you do those things that that are like but it can be explosive but if you have been at least like on the path on the journey i don't even know quite how to put it if you've been listening to your soul's calling if you've really been following just listening to your to yourself um when you have this it can be incredibly inspiring and it it can it can help you to do the things that you always wanted to do in a non-destructive way it can be extremely empowering and and so i think that's all that to say you know i kind of feel like that's how you have 
how this has happened for you now, did it, like you said, you had to go through the job changes and the upsets and all of that. But yeah, that's very Uranian. But look where you landed. Yeah, you know? it's, it, it, it's really interesting that you say that. Being, being an old soul, when I was probably more in my early 30s, I had much more of what we would kind of call the traditional midlife crisis. What I would no, that was say, your Saturn return. Okay. Well, well, well. See, what what I was going to say is being because I started because I started in life kind of earlier, and I had to grow up at a younger age than a lot of people. It's like by that time, I was already you know I'd already been working twenty years or whatever it was, and and it all kind of yeah. made made sense. Um, I managed to get through that, and this time, like you say, exactly what you said is is very much true. It doesn't, it hasn't been destructive. It's much more been a. I've had these questions floating around in my head for years. Don't get me wrong; it's kind of been like, well, do I need to do the rat race thing? Do I need to keep up with the Joneses? Everything else, and then you just find a way to kind of shut it up and you just keep moving ahead. But when the the universe, for lack of a better term, uh, basically again says, "Hey, stupid, here you go." Um, <laughs> and, and and says, okay, not only are you not not only are you going to be out of work, but we're we're going to make sure that you can't rush out and find another job because of this thing called the uh, the pandemic. Yeah, it it's very to me it's fascinating the timing because I was yeah. looking for a job early on, and what was happening was that so many places here you'd apply, you wouldn't hear back, and then you get a hold of them and they say, oh, the person who was the person who was uh, handling uh, hiring they've been let go. Like there was so much mm-hmm. chaos. And and that's why I just finally stepped back and said, I'm not going to fight this. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, it's sometimes it's good to just get right back into work. But I, I thought it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't want to be not have any income for years at a time, but it's not going to be the end of the world. I've got a long work history. And there are also other reasons why, like um, uh, my partner's uh, dad's with us and he's got a bit of dementia. Uh, unfortunately, our, our dachshund, who's like our child, basically. He uh, he had back surgery and he can't walk, so I, I'm Aww. doing a bit of home care as well. And and again, you see, like even that, it's time that I'm so grateful for because me and William, that's that's his name, and and again, a synchronicity. Why I had to go and get William? We went to go and meet him when he was really young in 2011, and ironically, we go to meet him, right? And then she's like, oh, his name's William, and I was like, yep, well, we got to get him now because William was my grandfather's name. And William is my middle name, and here he was named William. So he was meant to come into my Aww. life, and he's been. I mean, when when I lost my mom, uh, I was okay for a while, but the workaholic side of me just kept me going. And then after about four or five months, the wheels fell off. And um, yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> same. I, I, I was literally, I was pumping, oh I was pumping God. gas one night, and I was standing there like, you know, you're pumping gas. And I'm kind of gazing off into space, and I went, what have I got to look forward to this week? And it's like, nothing. It's like, what have I got to look forward to this month? Nothing. What have I got to look forward to the rest of the year? Nothing. And that's when I knew, okay, um, probably need to go and talk to someone about this, because it's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, like I said, I've had, because I've gone through so much kind of, because uh, I've had um, mental health uh, trials in my life and that, I, I'm really in touch with that side of me. And it's not yeah. very often where I'm just that melancholy. Um, but but anyway, it was like, if I didn't have William, I, it would have been so hard to get through that time. And mm. I love my partner to death and she means the world to me. But because of the 
the person that I am. I'm not always the easiest person to talk to. And also, uh, I can struggle to articulate how I'm feeling inside. When, when, you, when you've got something that gives you unconditional love and just lays there and just wants you to be better. And, and he knew I was not right. I mean, he'd just be so clingy yeah. because he's like, you're not right. I'm here for you. And that's why now that he's been, unfortunately, he hasn't really walked for about a year. But I mean, we're we're right mm. there for we'll do whatever we have to uh, because uh, you know I'm big. That's one thing about me. Um, I've got my failings, but loyalty is not one of them. If someone's got loyalty, oh, for me, you got Mars in Cancer. You you will fight to the death for your family and friends. <laughs> There's like Mars in Cancer in the eighth, which by the way, you're having your Mars return right now, which happens every two years, and it's in the eighth house. So it's kind of a good time to be out there looking. for for if you're, you know, for um, sourcing income, let me just leave it that way. Whichever nice. way you choose to do that. Good to know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had the same. We had we had the same. Like, oh gosh, I lost my mom in 2016, oh, and no. even when, as a medium, when, I was when like in 2016. October, October 9th. Okay, so I lost mom. Devastating. In March. Of 26. Oh, this year. Yeah. No, 2016. 2016. Wow. My birthday is obviously the 3rd, and my mom's is, was the 20th of October. Oh my gosh, and mine's the 28th. Wow. So that's why when you just said, oh, I lost my mom in 2016, I'm like, yep. no, no, you didn't. No, you well, didn't. Well, and you know, and it was so frustrating for me because I'm a flipping medium, and I'm like, you know, I talk to dead people all day long for everybody, and I couldn't connect with my mom. I couldn't do it. And, and I knew that it would be difficult because when we're having that grief experience, it's, we can't, we just, we're not in tune. We're not, we're, we're having the human experience of grief and we have to process that. And it's a physical experience. And, and so when we're not always able to make that connection and you know, what usually happens is when somebody dies, they come to us right away. We're in shock. We are out of body. We are not, we're not, there and that's why we can sometimes see them the night they pass i mean i've had i've had relatives come to me in the middle of the night and i didn't find out till the next morning that they died the night that that night um, and so i've got goosebumps and, again by the way yeah, yeah. um and and so so that's why people freak out because they they say like wow in the first week my my mom came to me like five times and now i don't hear her or see her anymore like is she gone did she leave me and it's like no you have to do the human thing now and it's time for you to heal and it's time for you to process through that she will you'll be able to see her feel her and and, and know that she's there when you as you peel those layers of grief back but i i totally understand where you i went down, so far down the rabbit hole like if someone if, if if someone hadn't called me because they saw a post that i put on facebook and i really was i wasn't putting a post out there for help i was right. just like i just wrote something that was on my heart and they called and they said you need to call me every day now and I went okay you know I was like at that point whatever you say and he pulled me through it and and a really good therapist too yeah that that rabbit hole is is something and and the pets and stuff too it's like just I just did some pet mediumship today I love doing pet mediumship it is so fun oh my god the little animals talk but we had a I had a, a dog that that uh, we got back in 2005 and he was he was that like that magical find like you know this yeah. dog nobody wanted and he was meant for me and um got me through 
the whole time with my mom passing. And then in the last year, he, um, I, another, I'm bringing this around because the gratitude for being home during the, this horrible time, um, was that I get to spend the last year with him where normally I would have been out running and going places and never home and just pass, you know, pass him in the hallway. I mean, we weren't that, I wasn't that neglectful. He was my boy, but, um, but you know, I I would have been out more. Live in life, yeah. and I got to spend every single day with this little baby. And he went he went deaf first. And um, by the way, I just need to say something. I I, I was kind of laughing when you were talking about sitting at the gas station and and that experience. And I just want to state for the record that I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing out of familiarity no, no, because no. I understood yeah. where you were at. But he um, but he he went blind. And he went deaf and then he went blind in one eye. And I tried to, I, I was so willing to pay like a fortune for eye surgery for this dog. And they wouldn't do it because he was too old. He was, uh, um, he was almost 17. Anyways, and then he went blind in the other eye. So I had a blind and deaf geriatric dog. And then he got dementia and he would circle. And because of the dementia, he couldn't map out his way around the house so even though we had things down to kind of lead him in different directions like right. he, st- he couldn't find his way so we finally in march we finally had to let him go and oh my god i totally feel your pain these these creatures come into our life for a reason and and what i have found is that with animals they really are our spirit guides and some of you have to think what you the the way you talk to your animal is what you is the healing that you need and they're they're here to help us and they're here for a period of time that when we get the lesson when we've kind of graduated from whatever state we're in or whatever healing we need done that's when they can go and and they they don't go before that it's it's really profound how healing animals really are when we really don't think about that that's when people say oh we have a dog we keep him outside i'm like no oh my god no i just i'm sorry you send me letters about that i'll argue with you about that one don't have a dog if you're gonna leave him outside it's funny you say that i mean i went years without having a pet because i had a dog and a cat when i was young and when i was 16 they both got poisoned and were sure it was by our neighbor Uh, one with rat poison and the other with antifreeze and the vet basically said well like because it was a small town you know how it works and he said Mm. well i can't say for sure but he goes he because he was, my dog was spitting up this black stuff, and I didn't know what it was. And he goes, "It's his, it's his insides basically being broken up by this rat poison." And oh, um, oh it was heartrending. And because I felt I'd failed them, uh, I I didn't have another pet until we got William. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, very early on, I tried to draw the line with him because we we went on because the deal was basically the the lady who had him was going to hold him. Well, we went on vacation, and then when we came back, um, we'd pick him up. And then by because of her government job, um, sometimes like she had to go on cruise ships. So she went away, and it was just me and him. And I'm trying to work, and I'd come home, and I'd be so pissed off because he would, he'd get loose, and he'd tear up things in the house. And I was mad, but the reason I was mad was because he was outsmarting me. And, you know, like <laughs> I, yeah, I'd, I'd do things like try and block him off um, in the kitchen with linoleum and then i'd come home and he'd managed to move it and well anyway <laughs> yeah i i tried to get tough with him i'm like no you're sleeping on the floor and sure it wasn't long first he first first he got in the heart and then he got in the bed 
and uh, and and that's it. I mean, it like it's like last night, right? He was I was at at work, and he was in his little dog bed on the couch, and he was laying there, and he's got his blanket over him, and he, he's being very. Um, it's kind of like you know when the kids keep coming in the room and going, oh, I want a glass of water. He was kind of like that. He's like he didn't want to sleep, and then I was like, finally, uh, you want to sit in the lap, don't you? And because of his um, incontinence, uh, it, it's a bit of a struggle because you, you don't want to have an accident, but at the same time. So I pulled the dog bed up, and I, I pull him out like his upper half into my lap. And sure enough, he was in my lap. It wasn't five minutes, and he was asleep. He was dreaming. He was snoring. And I just oh. went, right, yeah, he, he obviously he needed that. And like you say, I, I love Vi to death. I mean, she's been so supportive and everything else. But um, William, as a person, she's, I couldn't ask for a better partner. But William is like, uh, me and him are inseparable. And, He's your boy, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. definitely. And oh, it's yeah. so funny because here he can't even walk, and yet he's so tough. Because he's a mini, uh -huh. so he's only, he's like the size of a big house cat. He just, but he just sits there and he just, you should hear him barking at people, you know, he's like, and they think we've got like a Doberman. Nope. Uh, we've got the best uh, burglar alarm you can have around here. Oh my God. Yeah. Rudy was, he was crazy. He would go from zero to hysterical barking, like, and he had a badass bark. And, uh, but yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was in diapers, by the way. Um, he was in diapers for about a, a, a little over a year, maybe almost two years. Diapers every day. We were changing dog diapers. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But you know the things we do for our yeah, pets because we love them, and um, I'm still having a hard time with that one. But it's so amazing when connect with pets on the other side. The things that they that they show me, or, or I say the things that they say, but I don't I don't always hear it as words. It's right. you know sometimes it's images or just feelings. Right. But some of them are literally these incredibly like talk about old souls i mean it's crazy and you know when i start describing what i'm feeling and seeing from these pets and people are like oh my god that's exactly how i always felt i thought i was crazy and it's like no you really read that animal you know some of them i've had i had one come in i can't remember if it was a dog or a cat i want to say it was a cat and it was like if, if the cat was human it would have been a soldier and it, it and i the way it showed me the way it patrolled the house and it had certain things like, and everything I was describing, the person was like blown away. And I'm just like, and, and she said, I never would have thought of that, but yes, it's exactly the way he acted. And he did this and this and this, and <laughs> you know, and it's like, they, we don't know what we got in these pets. You know, <laughs> it's like, there are beings in, in our pets that are like so deeply, profoundly aware of what their existence in this life is. And we think of them, well, we don't think of them this way, but some people think of them as just dumb animals. It's like, yeah. no, excuse me, these things are coming from the spiritual realm. <laughs> and, and they may be silly and they may have their little quirks and, and seem like they don't know what's going on, but they they just like we have a purpose here and it's a very specific purpose for each of us that connects with them i'll tell you what he, he'll lay in my lap and look up at me and you, you make eye contact and i'd challenge anyone to to look in your dog's eyes like that and think that they're just a just a dumb mammal you know, running around oh, because yeah. you, you can see that deep that that deep thinking pattern and it's astounding as well how accustomed dogs in particular become to our patterns and they know, like, for example, he always hates being left alone. He's always had anxiety issues. If we grab a pair of shoes, boy, he is not happy because he, he figures you're leaving or the, <laughs> the keys. And even when sometimes um, 
I'll leave him out in the front in the front room and I'll come in here and I'll be doing stuff in the studio and then I'll go back out there and when he sees me it's like he hasn't seen me for a month. He's like, "Oh, there you I thought you left." It's like, "No, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't leave you. I wouldn't leave you. I'll just leave you alone in the day. I I won't leave him alone at night because he uh, he's I mean he's okay, but I I just don't like that. I know it's traumatic for him because he thinks I'm gone. Like he's he's gotten better though, uh especially if I leave the TV on, he knows Okay, I'm not. I haven't gone. I wouldn't leave the TV on because again, yeah. they just notice those patterns. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I tell you, I have a friend who's a pet psychic who's phenomenal. Like I, I brought my, I brought my Rudy to to him when I first to her when I first got him because he was so completely out of control. I really, I was like, what does he need? And then we got this cat that I like. I loved, but he was mean. He yeah. was just mean. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out what he needed. So, so anyways, I, I brought him to her and she was, she was able to give me insight into what they each needed. And I followed her directions and it was like both of them turned out to be like just incredible that we saw the cat. Right. Monkey is his name. <laughs> but what, what she said one time, I, I'll never forget this. People were always like, how do I get my, animal to do blah 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 or no blah 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 and she said well you're thinking like we we think in terms of like language like we we tell them these things i'll be back i'll be back well they don't know what that means right sometimes we think they do but she said the way we need to communicate with them is to visualize what we want them to do or what what we want them to see and so when you're, when you're communicating, that's probably why sometimes you, you say something to your, to, to him and he knows exactly what it is you want him to do. It's because you're probably seeing it in your mind as you're saying it. The saying isn't what he's following. The seeing it in your mind is what he's following. They're like super intuitive. It's crazy. So when, you know, when you want to change the behavior, you have to you have to visualize that. Well, I, I do know as well. I can't remember where I saw the study, but they they said that an average because as with people, I mean, different breeds of dogs have kind of different kind of mean intelligent levels, and kind of your average dog knows about three hundred human words mm. just through repeating and that. And it's like with William, all I have to do to him just say you want to eat. I can say it in any tone. Because oh, some yeah. <laughs> people will say, "Oh, yeah, the dumb dog." No, that's it's just because you're saying it excited. No, there's or, or, no. I'll they say, recognize certain words. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Or if yeah. if one of us goes to bed, so if Bai goes to bed, or I, and I'll say, "You want to go to bed?" And he starts getting excited, and he starts like, "Yeah, yeah, I want to go to bed." Yeah, like you say, it, it is crazy. This is why I don't. Some people say, "Oh." You're crazy if you talk to your pets, but I've got no no qualms mm-hmm. with it because he knows a lot of what I'm saying. And even when he doesn't, I, I mean, still, like you say, um, over time, he tends to work it out. Like um, one of the things mm-hmm. that we were getting agitated with was, and I'm sure you understand this, you'd go and lay down and then you'd have to go to the bathroom and then you, you've got that, that <laughs> strong urine smell. And so he could see that I'd start getting frustrated. And sure enough, here we go. He would wait until I would take him out in the front room. And then you could hear him going. And it's like he was holding it because he's trying not to do it when you're laying in bed. And mm-hmm. I just thought to myself, that he, he's probably busting the poor guy and everything else. But he's trying to please me. He's trying to. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then some, sometimes like that, I mean, it's a really simple thing, but for an animal to do that, it's not a person. I just think, see, sometimes I just feel guilty because I think, oh, he's probably been waiting to come out here so he could go. 
Um, but yeah, it, it, it is astounding, like you say, how they uh, how connected they are. I saw this beautiful one the other day, and it actually brought a tear to my eye. It was like a watercolor drawing. And it's got a guy laying in bed in the hospital. He's obviously passing away, and he's got an IV in his arm. And you can see, like, in the, in the, in the kind of top half of the picture, there's a drawing of a rainbow, and it shows his dog running down, and he's got his arms open. Just, mm. He's basically ready to pass over. He's going to see his dog again. Yep. And yeah, it, it actually brought a tear to my eye. I have literally had people from the other side tell me that, like, I think it was recently, too, because it's fresh in my mind. I don't remember readings often, but sometimes, you know, like a tidbit here or there will stick in my head. And this was one, because normally when I'm when I'm in mediumship and, you know, connecting with spirit, they, they, they might talk about like, oh, you know, my mom was there when I crossed and blah, blah, blah. You know, they talk about who greeted them. Right. And this one person was like, my dog was there. That's all I want to see. My dog, my dog came, and I could see the dog running towards him. Like he showed me what it looked like, and I was like, "I said he's good. His dog is there." And the person just like busted out laughing. They were like, "Oh my god, he loved that dog so much." <laughs> it's like, yep, you know, he didn't care about the people. There's right. much people there waiting to see him. He just, he just wanted that dog. 